Welcome to the fourth episode of the Endurance Asia podcast. I'm your host, Scott Pugh, and this week we have Sebastian Bertrand, Seb, who is a French guy that's based out of Chiang Mai. He has been in Thailand for around six years. And in that time has mapped out and built out a trail network or, or I, should I say connected a trail network all the way from Chiang Mai through to Chiang Rai in the far northeast of Thailand. A, a total of around 350 kilometers worth of trails which have obviously existed for many years but have become largely unknown by the local villagers as roads have been built that uh, with motorbikes are much more uh, easy to um to access from village to village so um this is a really really great story and it actually um comes from a trip that uh, our co-host and i rick stockfish went to um to chiang mai to uh to join one of seb's uh, seb's uh, two-day tours rick was writing a, a piece for uh, um for the uh, Silver Chris uh, uh, website and for the Silk Air magazine and uh, the airline magazine and it was really a fascinating couple of days like such a beautiful part of the world and hearing Seb's story over those two days and and during this interview was was really quite quite inspirational as with with everyone we've had on the on the podcast thus far they've been uh, athletes uh, that have been really passionate about about running and endurance sports and have managed to turn their passion into their profession and so Seb has has built out a um a business Thailand mountain trail off the back of um, him connecting these uh these trails across uh, across the north of Thailand so yeah enjoy and uh and Rick and I will get together at the end to um to share our thoughts on this uh uh, on this uh, impressive gentleman. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Seb, yes. welcome to the Endurance Asia podcast. It's uh, uh, j- like just to set the scene right for people that are listening in right now. What what is the name of the village we're sitting in right now? So the name of the village is Kupkap. It's uh, Lau. Lao tribe village and it's uh, located uh, mostly at the top of uh, of the mountain at uh, 1200 meter high yeah it's an absolutely beautiful setting we've uh, we've just finished a, uh, around a 34k trek today from Chiang Mai and um, and yeah so I just wanted to firstly I suppose uh, really get you to introduce yourself Seb and um, and uh, and what brings you sitting here today what your background is and uh, um, yeah and just uh, just your sort of backstory okay just to make it quick uh, so I come from France from the French Alps to be uh, precise uh, from 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 Annecy 
which is uh, located 30 minutes 30 minutes far from Geneva. Um, just uh, we're, we're getting interrupted by. Is that our dog? So we, we recruited a dog today uh, that's be, that travelled for like the last 12k with us. Okay, that will be okay. Uh, but um, but yeah. yeah. Sorry, you were saying you're from An Annecy. Yes, uh, Annecy is a city in the French Alps. It's a, there's a there's a trail running race there actually, which is called Maxi Race. It was a couple of years ago. It was the the race for the world championship. Uh, so I'm from Annecy, it's one hour far from Chamonix, for uh, I guess uh, it will say something to trail runners. Uh, so I, I lived there for, for many years and I, I used to work as a product manager for outdoor brands like Columbia, McKinley, Hodlow. Uh, and let's say six years ago, for s different reasons, to make it short, I decided to come to, to Thailand. I had been to Thailand. Uh, I came to Thailand 10 years ago for the first time. And there were a couple of things who attract me. Uh, and it stayed in my mind. And when six years ago, I decided to quit my job. I wanted to make my own projects and to maybe to set up my own adventure. So I came to Thailand and I decided to um, look for mountain trails uh, from Chiang Mai to Chiang Rai, which uh, are the two biggest cities of the, of the north of Thailand. And uh, I decided to do this because when I came there 10 years ago, I came to the mountains, but there was no long hiking footpath. There was no marked footpath. So I was very happy to go to the mountains. I really enjoyed the, the atmosphere in the mountains uh, near Chiang Mai and Chiang Rai. But uh, for a trail runner as me, uh, I was a bit frustrated because uh, there it was possible to hike maybe five kilometer, ten kilometer, but it was impossible to do more. So I decided to come to Thailand and I decided to look for trails and I wanted to, li to link Chiang Mai to Chiang Rai uh, because uh, in my opinion it was a good opportunity to have a, a full overview, overview of what you can find in the mountains and it took me uh, one year uh, to find uh, a route because nobody knew uh, here, nobody knew any trails. There was no book uh, guides or personal guides uh, who had a, a knowledge about a, a full knowledge about the mountains. Just for those that don't know Thailand too well, like if you can yeah. just give the like location of Chiang Mai in relation to sort yeah, of Bangkok. Yeah, Thailand is, uh, is famous for its islands, yeah. uh, which are located in the, in the south of, uh, of Thailand. But the north of Thailand is, uh, is, is more famous for its mountains. It's, it's just close to the, what all people I guess people know the Golden Triangle. So the Golden Triangle, it's also, maybe if you have seen uh, also documentary on the Vietnam War, you know, where they fight in the jungle and in the mountains. So that's typically this kind of uh, atmosphere and this kind of mountains that so you can find in as the... as well, isn't it? Like the Golden Triangle is known for opium, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Golden Triangle was famous for trades and uh, particularly for opium, uh, let's say, 
50-60 years ago and even before. And it's where China, Laos... It's and, uh, where uh, Thailand, uh, Burma and uh, Laos meet. Okay, yeah, and yeah. China is not far. Just, China yeah. is also... So it's, it's also not, not far from China. Yeah. But yeah, the atmosphere... That's actually that's the beginning of the Himalaya, Himalayan range. That's where the Himalayan, Himalayan, Himalayan range starts to grow. So it's not like uh, as uh, high as uh, as uh, mountains you can find in Tibet or in Nepal, but that's where it uh, it grows. So it's a mix uh, between mountain and uh, and jungle. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So I decided to and um, I decided to and, look and for. Sorry, the distance between Chiang Mai and Chiang Rai. Uh, by 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 the road, it's 150 kilometer. But uh, of course, by trail, it. Uh, it took uh, much, much, much longer. Ta- <laughs> it, it was much longer than 150k. At the end, the route I, uh, I created from Chiang Mai to Chiang Rai was uh, 350 kilometers. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Because you know, you can imagine that a, a road mostly goes uh, goes straight, <laughs> but trails you have to deal with uh, with what exists. And to find the trails, I came to different to many many uh, hill tribe villages because there are many hill tribes uh, during the 20th century uh, many hill tribes who came from uh, Burma from uh, Laos from south of China uh, they came to Thailand and they settled in uh, in the mountains and to communicate between villages uh, they used footpaths and uh, now the all these villages are linked uh, by dirt roads, yeah. so local people don't really use footpaths as uh, as before, yeah. because now they have the choice to use motorbikes uh, here. But there are like uh, many many trails, many footpaths that was uh, used previously. So I decided to go to these villages and ask uh, local people to show me those trails. And uh, parts by parts, step by steps, I uh, finally I I could join all these parts of uh, of trails and to create a world route from uh, from Chiang Mai to Chiang Rai. And just to finish with this adventure, uh, when I uh, when I was able to to create this this world route, I decided to invite uh, a couple of runners, and I wanted to have a couple of runners in in Asia. So Janet, uh, the HK100 race director, yeah. uh, and Jerry Shua, that you you must know, a famous runner in uh, in Singapore, and also a journalist from uh, from France. Uh, I invited them to to run this uh, this whole route in a, in one week. So yeah. that that was the beginning of the of the story and the adventure in, uh, in Thailand. How long ago was that? So how long did it take you to sort of map out the entire route from yeah, Chiang Mai so to Chiang Mai? The, the world route, it, it took me almost one year yeah. uh, because it's, you had to find uh, local people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the main problem was uh, there are many people who want to help you because it's maybe an opportunity for them to make some money. So, but sometimes they, they don't know. But they say, "Oh yes, yes, I know. I can. I know a trail from my village to the next village." But sometimes they don't know. So you have to come back because finally they don't know. Yeah. And also the other problem is that the whole people know the trails, 
but they are not in good shape to to walk them and to show to <coughs> to show the trails to me uh, anymore. And the young people they don't know the trails because they don't use it because exactly. they're on the motorbike. Exactly. Going between so the that was also one of the biggest difficulties. It was to to find, but at the end, uh, it was really really a long um, a long uh, adventure, a long uh, survey. Uh, to find sometime I had really uh, problems to find uh, local people who knew uh, a route from one village to the other village so sometime in two or three uh, occasions I've uh, I, I've discovered the routes by myself uh, by looking at a, at a map and uh, also okay just guessing that uh, maybe alongside a river there could be a trail and uh, so it was a long uh, long quest and uh, but finally after one year i was able to to link uh, everything from from chiang mai to chiang rai and we ran the the whole route in uh, in one week with the foreigners yeah yeah and uh, I can imagine that a lot, I mean, we've been through uh, a big section of the trails today and, you know, it's pretty thick bush through there. So a lot of them, having not been used for years, were just completely unmaintained. Exa- exactly. That was uh, also, I, I mean, all the, all the trails, they were, there was a base because... You know, the, you you need a base. You you don't get like like this in the jungle. So you need a base, even if the the trail has not been used by many people in the last years. There's still a base. It means there's still like a. Uh, it's not like completely completely wild. Yeah. Uh, even if it's you you cannot run like this, but uh, uh, at least. With a machete, you can go cut a little bit, and it's not like you cut in the in the wild jungle where nobody uh, has been. So yeah, yeah, it was it was very wild in uh, in some uh, some areas. Um, but yeah, that was and es- especially also some parts I discovered them uh, during the dry season during uh, like April May where uh, it's not so wild because it has not rained for like six months mm-hmm. and uh, but uh, we ran the whole route in uh, in november uh, just after the rainy season so for sure we had some surprises yeah. because the conditions were totally different i remember uh, uh, a trail uh, near burma uh, that you know, it was it was okay when I went there, but in in November when we came with all the runners, uh, the other runners, it was like a, I had a machete, but it was like it took long, long time to cut uh, bamboos, to cut uh, corns. Uh, also, there was a field, and corns had uh, had grown, so we had to to go through corns. So yeah, yeah, it was we had many many surprises. And I remember Jerry took a picture of my legs. Uh, they were like completely devastated because uh, for for one week you, uh, I was in short, huh? uh, so which is not maybe the best option here. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was it, it was really an adventure. It looked to like Freddy Krueger had been uh, going. You know, your legs were shredded to pieces, were they? Exactly. Um, and and so w- you took a year off work to. Because were you still uh, were you working while you were mapping out those those trails? Were you were you doing any guiding at the time or no? Were you just 
Yeah, it was really. I took like one year, uh, one year off. Yeah. You know, like uh, you decide for some for some reasons. Uh, there there are um, changes in 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 your life. Uh, you, it's like you decide to make a break. So actually, I I didn't put like much pressure. I, I did it. Uh, I had one year. Maybe at the end because I, I wanted to find the world route before November because we had like a meeting with the other runners that we 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 decided to meet in November to at the end of November to to run the route. So just at the end, I had to hurry to find like a one or two parts, twenty uh, kilometer in total that it was really difficult to find. But the rest of the time, it was really I let things uh, come uh, slowly and slowly, uh, and yeah, it was one. I mean, it was not like uh, every day I was looking for trails. Uh, it was also, uh, let's say, an opportunity to uh, to to take more time for myself. Uh, it was also about to be in Thailand, and to be in Thailand, it's also maybe to change the the pace. Of uh, of the way you work, of the way you are, because in Thailand everything is uh, is more like is quieter, and you have to 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 take your time. You have to also deal with uh, with people and the the pace uh, the people uh, work. So yeah, it was also. It was also an opportunity to make a break and uh, also to to discover the atmosphere in Thailand. Yeah, I find it like fascinating. I, I get sort of coming out to to Thailand to explore the countryside, and but like, where does it come from that you just all of a sudden decide that you're going to completely map out a route? There must have been something in your in your formative years that when you were younger growing up obviously growing up in the alps must have had a big part of it but um but yeah that that where does that do you think that sense of exploration comes from uh you know i think it's it's funny it's it's a it's a small exploration but we have all our own adventure i mean it's uh, it's just what you what you said i mean compared to like a big uh, adventure uh, adventure people and explorator it's 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 not a big thing but the most important is to make your own adventure uh, and uh, but for and when you fix this maybe it's like the other you don't think it's going to be uh, so complicated i mean you uh, for some reasons you because you want to change because maybe you want to make your own projects because maybe you want to have your own adventure you tell yourself oh, uh, oh it will be interesting if i could do this and at the beginning it's just like a first idea and you do, you don't know it's normal you don't know how complicated it will be you don't know anything but you have just you, you this first idea and and after you follow your idea you follow your your project and and of, i mean when i came maybe i had this feeling that uh, oh yeah I w i'm going to find uh, uh, some guides like uh, like you know there are guides in france uh, if you ask them to to cross the the Alps, they they, they will know the the way. It yeah. won't be a problem. So yeah, at the beginning, I uh, I thought that uh, okay, I'm going to find some local guides. They are going to show me this and this. It 
Because, I mean, tra- Chiang Mai is known as a trekking destination, right? It has been for, for 15, 20 years. So you'd expect coming in to be able to speak to people and say, OK, I want to go on a, on, on a tour. But it, I suppose the, yeah, the level of tour is not, is not quite the distance that you were looking to do. Or, I mean, it was more catered towards your sort of general tourist just coming in wanting to do a 5k hike rather than wanting to go 100k in three days right yeah i know and also there are no guides uh, maps uh, mark trails uh, even like you can find in hong kong for instance or like you can find in france there's nothing about it and really nothing i mean there's no i think in thailand i think in thailand there's not a, a longer uh, footpath more than 10 kilometers which is marked. I mean, in, 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 in the world Thailand, it doesn't exist. It's not in the... In Hong Kong, it has been done, like, I don't know, the last century uh, by, uh, by, by one, uh, one expat, like an Englishman or so, someone... Lord like, McElhose. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here nothing has been done so there's absolutely nothing and it's exactly the same if you go to Laos or if you go to Burma or if you go to Vietnam I guess uh, Laos I can speak because I've been to Laos and and, and that's the same so that's a, that's a work that has to be done yeah and uh, for some reason it's not done now by the government by the local administration or the provinces uh, i hope it will be done in the future because yeah people they want like in hong kong like in france they want to go in the, into the nature and uh, and they yeah they want to to enjoy the nature and to have to have some roots and here it didn't exist at all so you had to do everything from scratch and i had to do everything from scratch so and that's actually that's what is interesting in this project yeah because there's a huge sort of preservation part of it isn't there in terms of uh like in hong kong uses example the the McElhose trail they built a load of national parks around it and and that stopped any building around it and kept those places for the public to go and enjoy and uh, and as you say that doesn't ex- obviously there's national parks in in Thailand but they're not um stretched over big peri- uh, big areas and obviously don't have marked trails running through them so you think that that by by really marking out these trails it will create sort of like a a preservation of the countryside for um for Thailand there there are um, many national parks so in, in this way, it's, I mean, uh, Thailand is doing a good job because there are many national parks and wildlife sanctuaries. So after, it, it, I don't know why it has not been done. I can, I can imagine uh, there was no need. There was no need from, uh, from Thai people to go on, uh, on trails. Um, and what I can see, it's actually Thai people uh, didn't experience uh, hiking uh, and, and trekking uh, activity. And from zero, they came directly to trail running. Uh, today, if you see Thai people on trails, 
there are trail runners mm. with their own pace. Actually, there are trail runners. They are more like hikers, but they are dressed and they refer themselves as uh, trail runners. So they they was not like uh, in uh, in Western countries. Uh, all these uh, these years with hikers and and trekkers. So because there was a for a question of I guess of uh, economic development, there was uh, it was not a time for uh, this kind of activities, this kind of leisures, because uh, yeah, because Thai people were not prepared for this. And and now I think they are prepared for this because you can see that there are more and more trail uh, trail runners. Uh, so maybe it's going to to change in uh, in the future. I hope mm. for trail runners that uh, it will be possible one day to have marked trails and to run on uh, on marked trails. But it's 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 a political decision that has to be to be done. Yeah. And uh, this is not a. I cannot. I, I I cannot do any. I cannot do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. And, and going back a, a few years when you'd actually first mapped out the trail, you um, you obviously saw the opportunity of being able to, with the blow up of um of trail running across the Asia region, to be able to set up a uh, a race uh, across these trails. Um, and can you tell us how that? sort of came about and sort of the challenges that you faced there and and sort of where that brought you out to today yeah when, when i linked chiang mai to chiang rai uh it it it, it was like a, a one-year break it was like a personal project but at the beginning i told myself if i like it if if the route i find is is nice it will be interesting to create like a, a one-week race on the same route from Chiang Mai to Chiang Rai. And uh, after one year, and I discovered the whole route and we ran the whole route. What I, year was this? What year was it? Sorry? What year was it? It um, was in, uh, in 2013. 2013. So I, I started I investigating the, the areas in, uh, in the beginning of 2013. And, uh, and we ran the world route in, uh, at the end of November 2013. And uh, in my mind, it was okay. If it's good, I, w- I would like to make a one-week race on, on this route. But I realized that it was impossible because it was too tough. Uh, maybe dangerous because it came to uh, Burma, just at the border. I, we had even one kilometer in Burma and we didn't reali- realize it. But after we, we, we watched the map, we ran uh, one kilometer in, uh, in Burma. So it's... Yeah, I, it couldn't be done really in uh, in in one week. It was really tough. I mean, it it, it was impossible. But even uh, though you did it in six days, yeah, yeah, yeah. To do oh, it in, uh, in, in in seven days, yeah. and it was uh, no, it's it was too dangerous. It came e- it came deep in the jungle. So if there was a problem, there was no 
it was it would have been very very difficult for the for a rescue team to to come i mean it 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 was impossible to make to make something uh, safe and to organize a, a race uh, on, on this route so after i told myself uh, oh why uh, why you shouldn't uh, create a Ultra tra an ultra trail race. I stop because yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not our dog, is it? No. We oh no, dog, our, our have you dog named this dog? Yeah, have you named the dog that follows? No, you no, I've not named our dogs. Uh, yeah, because uh, every time I come here, uh, running or trekking, uh, there's a dog who who comes with me. Yeah, so he's awesome, and he stays here, right? Yeah, it was uh, so, but I told myself, oh, uh, why you want to make a one-week race? There's no uh, trail running race in Thailand and, uh, and no ultra trail race. And uh, I, in, even in Asia, so it was six years, five, six years ago, okay, there was a UTMF in, in Japan, uh, but except UTMF, like a race around 100 miles, ultra trail race, uh, there was no nothing nothing else mm. there was not a, a big uh, 100 mile ultra race mm. so i i say oh chiang mai is a perfect location to organize a race like this and i uh, i continued uh, my investigation and uh, i said the best race will start from chiang mai and will reach Changdao. Changdao is the biggest mountain range of thailand and uh, and that's very a beautiful area. It looks like for me, it looks like like the Alps. It's it's really a mountain, even if the the highest uh, point is Dointanon. Dointanon is is not really a, a mountain. It's more like a like a hill. And Dai uh, Changdao, Changdao is is really a, a mountain range and a beautiful mountain range. So I decided to create a race from Chiang Mai to, to Changdao. And this race was called uh, Ultra Thai Chiang Mai. And I worked on this project for uh, one, two years. And uh, I had support from, uh, from the International uh, Trail Running Association. Mm -hmm. I had support from the UTMB race director. I had an uh, agreement with UTWT to, to join the world tour after three uh, three edition if of course if uh, if uh, if my race could uh, respect the conditions to join uh, utwt if you don't want me ask what are those conditions that you have oh it's about uh, how many uh, people uh, join the the race how many different uh, nationalities and uh, yeah yeah there, there are a couple of, of conditions that you have uh, to to fulfill or to respect yeah uh, yeah, my target was really because I, I, I realized that Chiang Mai is a perfect location. Uh, it's easy to come to Chiang Mai. I mean, there are international flights that uh, go that go directly to Chiang Mai. Or otherwise, you can fly from, from Bangkok. It's one hour far from Bangkok. The city can accommodate uh, 
thousands of people. It's it's full of guest house and hotel. And the race started started directly from the city center of Chiang Mai. Ah, okay. So it means it was very convenient. It was I mean for people coming to a race, it it was the perfect. And it's a race. I mean, if you come from Hong Kong, from Singapore, from France, from uh, USA. Uh, and, and you run in these mountains, it's like you, you run in another world. It's like you are on, on another planet because you, you are deep in the jungle, you cross uh, rice paddies, uh, all the stations were, were organized in hill-tribe villages, so it means you, you meet with hill-tribe people and you have stations in their, in their bamboo villages or wood uh, Teakwood villages, so it, it, it was really uh, a wonderful route, and uh, uh, so I decided to do it. But finally, I launched the race because I had the authorization from uh, the Chiang Mai province. But it, after two months uh, of registration, uh, 200 people had already uh, registered to to the race. But after two months. There was uh, someone who complained, someone who's uh, who's got influence, and uh, and and finally it became uh, like like a political problem, like a big issue. So the Chiang Mai province decided to like uh, not to to support again the, the event, and uh, I tried to find solution like for one two months. And finally, I realized that was too complicated, politically speaking, that I couldn't find a solution. So I, I, I decided to, to cancel the race. Mm -hmm. And uh, the year after, uh, I had support from uh, an influential uh, tycoon from Bangkok and also uh, from the Minister of Sport, uh, who wanted to organize an international race, so it was very, very close to, to get the authorization and to be able to organize the race. But uh, finally, I think it was too complicated, politically speaking. Mm. So I didn't get the authorization the, the second year. And after I decided to, to stop the project uh, because it, it was two years working on this with, with stress and uh, uh, financial uh, investment and uh, also personal investment. So sometime when, okay, when things doesn't work, even if you have the best project, if you, have the, if you are here at the right time uh, with the right uh, connection, uh, with the, the the best project, with uh, uh, with the investment, financial investment that you are able to do, I, I realize that uh, okay, see, if it doesn't work after two years, you you have to to stop and you have to 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 change your your mind and to to make something different. Yeah, I can imagine how frustrating that must have been for you. There's a lot of work put in over those two years, right, to try and uh, try and get it off the ground. Um, yeah, but it it's like this. I mean, it tells about. Uh, I mean, the the it it uh, it told me uh, a, a good lesson. I mean, you you can do everything perfectly. It doesn't mean that the uh, success and uh, is uh, is is guaranteed. Mm. 
there's just some things that are out of your control, right? Yeah, and in a way, it's difficult when it happens, but afterwards, it's it's like this. I mean, I'm not the only one. I'm not the first one to uh, experience this. Uh, I won't be the last one. So you just have to accept it. But after... Uh, I knew that uh, my my projects. I, I didn't like uh, forget everything. After I just changed my my mind. Uh, I knew that what I was doing was uh, interesting. I loved it. So it was just a question. Okay, this project didn't work, but uh, something else can work. Yeah. So from there, you you pivoted the business essentially. Um, and, and had you already set up the 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 guide and the trekking part of the business was that already running during those two years when you were prepping for UT no it was it, it was not done I mean I, I really focused on this race and in, in a way I have to say you know we are sometime huh? I mean we we think that uh, we will be happy because uh, we will organize uh, an international race it satisfies our ego uh, to to imagine that uh, ah yeah people they will they will see I'm go- I'm going to organize a race international race that joins UTWT and okay it can be good but maybe maybe not I mean big is beautiful but maybe not I mean sometimes big is not beautiful because it uh, implies uh, other things so so in a way maybe it taught me uh, some some lessons that maybe I had to uh, I had to make something uh, more simple. I had to maybe not to have so much ego about like uh, creating something something big, something international. So after I couldn't make the race, some people already contacted me and asked me to to show them the, the routes uh, for trekking or for trail running. So after, like, let's say naturally, uh, step by step, I realized that, yeah, it, it will be interesting instead of organizing a race, it will be just interesting to to bring people uh, on the hiking routes I, I created. And uh, yeah, to that's why, um, uh, two years ago, I decided to launch uh, a trekking trail running agency. Uh, yeah, just to share to share the the routes I know, and to to have people uh, coming here. Yeah, and um, and yeah, we've been experiencing it over the last um, over the last day. Give us a bit more information about the kind of treks you've been doing. I mean, the one we've been doing is like a two day, round sixty five k sort of. 30 to 35 one day 30 30 the next day um but yeah give us a a a bit of an overview of how like you set everything um set everything up and what experience you try and create for people yeah the mostly what's important is to to bring people on the on the hiking hiking routes i I created and mostly uh now i bring people on the what I call in uh, in France, we have this uh, GR, GR footpath. G- GR means uh, Grand Randonnée, which means like a long hiking. Uh, we have long hiking footpath. 
for instance, one of of it is very famous. That's the one who goes uh, who crosses uh, Corsica Highland mm. uh, GR20 uh, from uh, from north to south. There are many many people um, every year. There are hundreds thousands of people who come uh, hiking on uh, on this trail and. Uh, And this 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 route from uh, Chiang Mai to to Changdao, which uh, was like a trail running route dedicated for race before, it's it's just the first uh, long hiking hiking footpath of Thailand, because there's no other long hiking hiking footpath of Thailand. So my target is just to 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 bring people here. It can be one day, it can be two days, it can be three days, or it can be five days, uh, and it can be for people who come, who wants to to come trekking or who wants to to come uh, trail running, and uh, I, and I have kept also the same mindset that the target is to, uh, uh, to to stay in uh, hill tribe villages. So the target was also to create to continue creating relationships with uh, with local tribes and uh, and the target was was is and will be to uh, to have accommodation in hill tribe villages and to work in a, in a nice way with uh, with local people now we are in a, in a lao village and uh, i've known these people for uh, for five years Uh, and uh, I'm the only one uh, who who can uh, who can uh, eat in their kitchen. Uh, I've um, I've created relationship with them because uh, even one uh, one of the daughter of the family uh, she came working in my wife's uh, massage place. So that's that's my target. That's okay. You go trekking. It can be difficult. You go running. It can be long. But what I want more and more is I want people when they stay in uh, in uh, in the hill tribe villages that it's 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 a really beautiful village. Uh, they have a, a unique atmosphere, a complete change of uh, of mindset, and also they are comfortable. So that's that's my target. That's the way I want to work in the next years. Uh, for instance, now in a Karen village, a very very beautiful Karen village. Uh, with rice paddies in the middle of the village, with a waterfall in the middle of the village. Uh, soon I'm going to build uh, bamboo, uh, small bamboo houses in the middle of the rice fields to accommodate people. So I'm working with uh, with local people for this mm. because I really want people that people will come here. Uh, that they experience something like completely different and something unique, let's say. Yeah, and what's the difference between the sort of Karen? You mentioned that there that this region has got people coming from the Laos region, from um, from Burma. What what is the sort of difference between the Karen? Um, like a, they're all like Buddhist tri- Buddhist tribes, right? And no, no, no. Because Karen, actually, Karen, the village where I go, they are Christian. Ah, okay. And they have a strong Christian community. I was I was there last week on Sunday, so there was a, a service at the church, 
And it was a bit like uh, the gospel that you can see in, uh, in America. Yeah. They were singing. Happy clapping. With a guitar, with a drums, with a piano. And they were singing and uh, clapping uh, in the hands and uh, chanting for, for God. Uh, it's, it was something completely, completely uh, uh, unique because uh, I was there with some people. And uh, they, ah, yeah, that's something that you cannot see in, uh, in many villages. Uh, The different there are there are five tribes five let's say main tribes in uh, in Thailand uh, uh, by uh, the biggest one is Karen Karen I think there are maybe more than one million uh, Karen people in uh, in Thailand mostly they come from Burma where they they would like to have uh, maybe an independent state or maybe more autonomy. Uh, so Karen, the, the next one is uh, a Hmong, Hmong tribe. They come from south of China. Uh, there are Lao, Lao tribes. That's the village where, where we are. Uh, there are Lisu, Lisu tribes. Uh, same, they come from south of China. We will uh, tomorrow we will cross two uh, two Lao village, uh, two Lisu villages, and the last tribe is Aka. Uh, there are no, there, there are, there is no Aka villages near Chiang Mai. They are closer to Chiang Rai. Mm, okay. So that's uh, the five main tribes in uh, in Thailand. They came during the 20th century. They settled in uh, in the mountains. Depending on the tribes, they said, for instance, the Hmong tribes and the Lao tribes. They said. Uh, They settled uh, high in the mountains, uh, whereas the um, Karen tribes they settled uh, more in uh, in the valley or in the in the middle of the mountains. And uh, yeah, and now they live more and more from agriculture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting to see just going through every little village and just. Um I mean, there is the, you know, the Thailand is like the smiling people. It's known for the, yeah, the country of smiles. But just the way you see and the way you interact with all the different villages. And it's just, a, yeah, it's a real sort of um, positive vibe across and going through all of the uh, meeting people along the way, kids running up. And, uh, and yeah, it's great to see you interact. With yeah, them. because... Let's say before they were famous for tourists because they, they, they wore traditional dress and, uh, and there was no dirt roads. Like 20 years ago, there was no dirt road joining those villages. So people who came in these villages, they, they were with people like, let's say, living, uh, yeah, they had traditional dress. They were not developed, and so it was really, really different from a, from a tourist. Mm. Let's say now, now there are dirt roads joining the villages, and hopefully there are also economic uh, development. Mm. Uh, these tribes are not like uh, as uh, traditional as they, they used to be. Sometimes for for the worst, because also. S- in some villages, they are losing uh, some of their culture. Yeah. Uh, so they don't wear, like in everyday life, they don't wear traditional dress anymore. 
But still, they live in the mountains, they live uh, in remote areas, uh, they live simply, and uh, even if uh, uh, it's not interesting because uh, like before they, they wore a traditional dress, it's interesting because they live differently. Mm. They live uh, more simply, they live uh, in a more quiet uh, way, so it's I always like to to come to to go to those villages because yeah it teaches you about more about simplicity. Mm. I like to come back to the city as well, but it's I think it's very important to go there. It's a good balance because also yeah you you see the way they, the way they live. Uh, they don't have many things, but. Uh, they accept uh, what they have and and they can live uh, let's say happy the life is not like uh, life can be difficult but still they live happy with uh, with what what they have so it's sometimes it's for us people trail runners hikers who come from the cities and uh, sometimes we let's say we are a bit spoiled it's it's uh, it's it's good to see this and it makes you like okay we are we are lucky yeah. so just realize that we are lucky and uh, yeah i like i i, I like uh, yeah. every every week I, I go at least two or three days minimum uh, for trekking or trail running and for me it's it's a pleasure to to go there um, and so, like, when the villagers obviously see you guys running through all the time, what do they? What do they think? What do they say? Do they like think that you're all cra- all crazy running through, or because obviously, as you say, they've no longer take these tracks; they will take the motorbikes and roads, and you, and so can they relate? Do they find it interesting? Yeah, it's 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 funny because some. I mean, uh, sometimes it's difficult to explain an activity to someone who doesn't know this activity i mean if i if i uh, when i told people oh i run i run in the mountains i do trail running i mean you know that they, they don't know about it what's running because for uh, hill tribes let's say that if you do physical activities it's is to produce something. I mean, it's yeah. it's not for it's nothing. It's not recreational, is it? No, Exa- exactly. Like, yeah. uh, so, um, and and also, wow, what is running in the mountain? So sometimes when you when you when you tell them, oh yeah, I went uh, today. I I started at the, at this village and uh, I finished. They say, whoa, whoa, whoa. So they realize like, oh. So they are yeah. They they look at this. Oh, what. What what these guys is uh, phalanx this westerner uh, coming in this mountain and running in uh, in these mountains? What 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 does he do? I remember when I wanted to organize a race. There was a Hmong uh, Hmong village at the end. We will go there tomorrow. I asked the head of the village. I asked him. Uh, you know what what do you think if I can organize an international race and and and. Uh, you what what do you think say yeah i'm i'm happy you know i'm happy to think that maybe like uh, hundreds of people of uh, of different countries they will come to my to my village uh i'm happy to even if 
if they are, they can be called Hmong, Hmong people can be called they say yeah I'm I'm happy to think like oh this all these people they they will come to my to my village so mm, there's an interest. Sometimes you meet people. I mean, it's not o only about uh, making uh, making money. Uh, there's also an interest of people. Like they, they look and they see, and uh, uh, because some of them they like nature, mm. so they understand in a way. Ev even if they are not runners, they understand the pleasure that you can uh, have to be in the nature. I remember. Uh, uh, in uh, in a Lisu village, uh, there was a old guy. Uh, he had you know the red teeth because he, he was eating you know this this plant betel. I don't know if you say this in in uh, in English. It's a uh, it's you eat. It's like a plant that you eat and it makes your your teeth red. So he was like, what what benefit is it got though? What does uh, it do? Is it like uh, you know, it's a bit like tobacco. You know, yeah, benefit. Yeah. There's no direct benefit. <laughs> <laughs> But it's more like you are addicted to the taste, or <laughs> and uh, and this guy we we came together to to he, he showed me a, a trail somewhere, and he, he was happy to be there, and he was happy to be in the nature, and uh, even if if we have a completely different life because he, he lives in the mountains very simply, and uh, he. he he, he knows that what's a pleasure to be in the nature. So mm. some of them they understand it. It's 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 yeah. They like especially you know these people. They uh, they live in uh, some people in the villages and uh, not uh, not many of them, but some people in the villages they like to be in the forest. Mm. They sometimes they hunt. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, but it's also hunting. It's you know it has always been a way to to be in the forest. It's mm -hmm. uh, what do they hunt? Like wow, wild boar before the yeah wild boar. Uh, I remember uh, lizard, big lizard, and uh, things things like this. Depending on on where they hunt, mm. but not not many. But some are before they used to hunt. But also, it's it's just they go to the forest, they pick up things, and uh, because they they like to be there, they just like to be in the nature. So they completely understand, uh, even if they don't know what trail running is, they completely understand uh, why I, I want to do this. Mm. Yeah, very cool. And um, so, Seb, what's your kind of uh, I suppose? Tr uh, CV of like of running so obviously you spent many years just uh, mapping out all of the trails across here and done a lot of mileage I noticed today that you don't like you don't wear a, a GPS device you don't track it you don't track the mileage you do but I'm guessing that you probably do like a, on like big weeks couple of hundred k a weeks on a on a on occasions when you're doing a few i mean we're doing 60 in two days so yeah. when you've got a um so yeah what how do you think about like uh races and trail running races and um and yeah what what sort of some of the races favorite races that you've done in the past so i i i, I joined uh i joined races in in france before i left france in 2013 uh 
some and I, and I used at the same time I used to do triathlon so I, at the same time I did triathlon and I, and I did uh, trail running races uh, Olympic distance triathlon or? Olympic or Ironman uh, di- yeah. different uh, different distances uh, and after when I when I came here uh, in 2013 looking for trails you you don't really uh, you don't you don't train in uh, in trail running because you you go with local people so you walk uh, you don't like cover uh, 30 kilometers a day so uh, actually let's say from 2013 to 2017 18 I didn't uh, train uh, much uh, because when you you look for trails, so you have to walk with local people. When you clean trails, you have to clean trails. It takes a lot of energy. It's like a machete a, in hand yeah, trying to exactly. cut through. Exactly. So it's it's very physical, but it's it's not uh, you don't you don't train in running. So I'm uh, year after years uh, without uh, really realizing it. Maybe I think I uh, I was uh, l- less and less strong. Uh, I remember I, when I came to Thailand, the f- let's say the first two years I was still okay because I had this uh, training from France. So without, I remember I joined a marathon in uh, in Pattaya and without training I could make three hours ten minutes. Uh, but after I I. I I lost my, uh, my 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 training, and also I had uh, many stress uh, to organize, you know, this uh, this, uh, this this race, UTCM, Ultra Thai Chiang Mai. Uh, f- so yeah, step by step, uh, I had more and more. Uh, but I have to say, what's good with uh, when I set up this company. Uh, Months after months, I had uh, I had more and more uh, customer coming for trekking and uh, sometime for for trail running, and let's say like the last uh, the last two years, I was able to now to train properly again, mm. uh, and I think now maybe. Yeah, I mean, uh, in in November I run or I uh, I hike uh, twenty days uh, a month. Mm-hmm. Maybe in December it was fifteen days. In January I think it would be uh, at least fifteen days. So it's like fifty uh, percent of my time. I'm uh, I'm in the mountains. So maybe it's not fast, but at least uh, I have a. A good, uh, I don't know, stamina or endurance or a very, very good base. I think I, I'm building again a, a strong base, mm. uh, and and we will see. Uh, uh, we will see for 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 races for races uh, what it's it's going. I don't race in Thailand because I I consider the trail running races in Thailand are, are not interesting. Uh, Why is that? Ah, because because uh, mo- f- most of them, not to say all of them, are are, are 
are old on uh, on dirt roads and sometimes on roads mostly. So it's yeah. it's not trail running uh, races. Yeah. It's uh, dirt road uh, races. Uh, and uh, I'm much better on the on the trails I've uh, I've found. Uh, we haven't been able to keep up with you today, running down those hills. I mean, I know you know the trails like the back of your hand, but yeah. you fly downhill like crazy. Yeah, it's um, and uphill to be fair. But um, yeah, I can see. Um, uh, I can see. So you've you've done quite a few races in Hong Kong, though, right? You've yeah, yeah, li- a little bit. But uh, the 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 next races uh, when I when I uh, just after. Uh, Leaving uh, France, I was still okay, but uh, let's say during two years, I had problem to to finish uh, more than uh, 50 kilometer. I mean, in a, in a competitive uh, pace, huh? mm. I had problem uh, Translantao. I uh, I stopped at uh, at mid distance uh, because I, I don't know. I think yeah, I think. St- step by step i lost my uh, my uh, my big base my uh, strong base so now i i'm building it again so that's 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 good so yeah. you, you you dnf'd on translantel yes, yes 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 that's yeah because tough. i uh, i had crumbs for the first time in uh, in my life but also a race in uh, in thailand i raced uh, three years ago i i joined the race and after 50 kilometer i had like a uh, full crumbs from uh, on the my wall legs from from my bottom to to <laughs> my uh, to my foot i don't know it's i i think i i yeah i lost uh, i lost training because i had to do other things and uh, but now now it's it's getting better so that's that's nice too i can you know now we we run uh, we run two days and the six previous day, previous days i was uh, trekking and uh, and running as well with uh, other customers so i've done uh, eight days in a row yeah and i'm uh, i'm 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 okay so yeah. that's 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 good what where's uh, what's an example of where you've been like deep in the pain cave and uh, and yeah been in real real pain either in your sort of exploration across thailand or um or in like a race and and how you've come out of it how you've uh by a pain is uh, for instance uh, there was a race in uh, in 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 thailand i was uh, invited and uh and i was uh i was in top three until the last checkpoint and before the last checkpoint i uh, fell two times and you know when you fell and uh, when you have cramps that's the time where so you you are on your back and you have you have your two legs with uh, cramps o- hopefully i was with another runners <laughs> another runner who, who could help me and just after the last checkpoint i had cramps from uh, yeah from on on my whole leg so I had to just I had to walk the the last ten kilometer. So there was nothing else to do. So that that's something I I've never witnessed in um, in in Europe when I. Uh, so I don't know if it's because I lost uh, my 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 training uh, and I lost my 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 level my running level or for other reasons. 
It's the heat here as well, though, right? It's the maybe, maybe, but at the beginning, uh, when I came here, I, I didn't have this problem, so I don't know. It's yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard of uh, there's a uh, stuff called Cramp Fix. I don't know if you ever tried it. It's I've never basically tried, like vinegar I, and uh, but I really think from from with what I had, if it if it worked. It's it's uh, uh, it, it'll be a miracle. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a, it would have been a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Just the um, last few sort of quick fire questions for you. Um, what um, what's your what's the most inspirational book that you've read? What's a book that you uh, that that you found inspiring? I don't know if I've. I, there's really like inspiration because you know when someone uh, writes about a book like you know if I speak about Mike Horn I don't know if you know Mike Horn Mike Horn for me is the, the biggest uh, adventurous guy in uh, in the world it's a South African guy uh, you Mike Horn H O R N yeah. uh, you you have to to read about him is I mean is is he a surfer. No. Sorry? Is he a surfer from South Africa? What, what's he's his from he's South Africa. And just to make it quick, he left South Africa when he was like uh, in in his twenties, and uh, at this time of uh, with apartheid, he could go only to three countries. He went to Switzerland, but with nothing in his hand. He was he, he made a fortune. He was millionaire when he he was in South Africa. Yeah. And one day he decided he, he invited all his friends and family and he said, okay, I'm, I give you all my money and now I go to Switzerland. And it's not like he went with Switzerland with like, let's say, 10,000 euros just, just to, he went to Switzerland with nothing, just, and he slept in, uh, in, uh, in farms and uh, he step by step, month after month. And he, he became a guide, uh, Whitewater, and uh, his first adventure was to go down in a uh, hydrospeed uh, the amazonian uh, river right. and after he did the tour of the world on the equator and after he did the tour of the polar arctic cycle and, and wow. e everything he, he does is uh, is is the best in the world i mean uh, now he's go he, he wants to do uh, mountaineering, so he has done already, I think maybe four or five uh, uh, summits higher than 1,000 meter high. And the way he does it, of course, without oxygen. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's really... And he is... Yeah. But when you read about him, it's Mike Horn. I mean, you know, he is born with... Uh, I mean, you have to realize that no, it's not like everybody can be like him. It's just like uh, he, 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 he got this. It's like someone who got like a high Q, like the highest IQ as possible. Uh, you, you are not going to say, oh, I want to do the same. No, this guy, he's got the highest I IQ in the world, so you're not going to do the same. You cannot uh, count as fast as him, you cannot think as fast as him, you cannot, that's the same with Mike Horn. So yeah. I don't find people inspiring because what they got from life, they got it and they are unique. So you have to, 
you find you have to find your own way by yourself. I find mean, it from within, yeah. Yeah, because you have to deal with uh, what you've got. Mm. I'm not my girl, and uh, so I just have to deal and to be happy with what I've got. Uh, I don't want to copy someone because I, I would never be able to copy Mike Horn or to copy Killian Jornet. Or Kil that's the same. Killian Jornet, this guy, is he, he, unique. For some reasons, you're not going to copy him. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he's, and things that he can do and it's like easy for him it's it's not easy for you so you have to deal with uh, with what you are so i think the most important is that you you just know yourself and you just try with what you what you have what life uh, gave you you just try to to do what what you can just to learn about yourself yeah and what i like to do because when you do what you like I mean, I think you're happy, and uh, if if you're happy with your life, uh, the way you deal with people, it's just just the most important. If you're happy because uh, you play music, you're. I mean, the most important is to find what makes you happy, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's not Kilian Jornet who is going to tell me what is going to make me happy or it's not my corner yeah it's, no I, it, I i get that it, you, you find it from within I, I suppose it's just when you see people doing this crazy stuff that that is beyond what you think is humanly possible it does make you think well for me personally it makes me think within myself well actually like you know what could i do then like whilst though okay i couldn't do what he does but maybe i can do more than i think i could and uh yeah that's sort of just where yeah the yeah, way you, i sort of you, think about it you can sing this, but uh, it's just uh, this person is going to to show you a way. Maybe that's that's not your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are there any uh, any podcasts you like listening to? Are there any uh, any I other podcasts? I don't podcast? listen uh, to. My, I, I listen to French podcasts like uh, humoristic, like uh, th this kind of uh, French French podcast. Yeah, I yeah. can I can listen to this or what they do about radio. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm listening too much about French politics. <laughs> <laughs> but Mate, it's avoid good. all European politics. But it's, it's, right yeah, but it's a good in a way because when you live in Thailand, you know, you can just look at this from far. You yeah. don't, you don't feel involved. So, and in a way, if you see it just from far, just observing, it's, it's good. Huh? Just to observe, it's good without, yeah. without judgment. It's nice being the other side of the yeah. world right now. Yeah. Um, what's the, uh, what's the best bit of kit? that you've bought um, recently or in the last few years? The best um, what? The best bit of kit, like equipment um, that you uh, that you use, like un uh, under sort of like 100 uh, US dollars. Did, uh, uh, shoes. Um, I liked uh, Brooks Cascadia because they are comfortable. Unfortunately, they are not very durable. Yeah. Uh, so I changed to uh, because in in Thailand, uh, according that you go through jungle, it's abrasive, it's uh, it's wild. Uh, like Bruce Cascadia, you can run uh, three months with uh, with them, and and after they 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 are over. 
So now I've changed to uh, Salomon uh, XA Pro because it's a mix between uh, trekking uh, shoes and uh, trail running shoes. And, uh, and they are tough, so that's good. I think I could yeah. make maybe six months with them. <laughs> uh, so this, this, this was good. Uh, yeah, nice. In, in for, for shoes, yes. For, uh, ah, for backpack, I, um, I really liked uh, uh, what the Ultimate Direction has done with backpack. I've done two of them. I've got a light one for, for race. You can see I, I've been product manager, so you know I, I know how it is to, to make a product. And, uh, and the two bags I've got, uh, a, a light one for race, it's perfectly done. I mean, there's no like... Uh, you can put the, the right thing at the right place. It's well... And, uh, and I've got another one that I really, really uh, can uh, recommend. Uh, it's a fast track 15, it's a bigger one. And for me, it's perfect because when I go uh, trail running, it's 15 liter. When I go trail running with uh, like a towel and with flip flops and, uh, and with a first aid kit because I, I, I need this sometime. It, you can you can put many things. It's very well balanced. So even if you have all these things, you don't feel like uh, because it's very the part on your back is very big, very very wide. <laughs> so it's like this. You know the the weight is distributed exactly yeah, on yeah. A, on a large part. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's. This one is very very well done. So that's 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 the last gear I've uh, I've experienced and that I've I've liked uh, much. Yeah. Yeah. You used to work for Columbia, right? Was yes. the, your product manager yeah. for them? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so just the last question for you then, Seb. Um, it's I like to ask people the proudest moment, what you're most proud of in both your your personal life and your professional life. So what, what do you look back on and, and feel a sense of pride in both your professional and, and personal life? I, I don't know if it's to, to be proud because there's no way to be proud of myself, but I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy to what I'm doing now. I mean, I have to, to keep this mindset. I'm happy to... Okay, now I can uh, I can live from this because I don't live on my savings anymore. The most important is I can live from this, and now I have to I have to I have time to do the things uh, my way. And uh, the way I, I like to do is I like to work with um, in a nice way with uh, with people. I mean, with local people, yeah. with. Uh, People sometimes when uh, I organize events with the people I work with, also with uh, with the customer to to listen to them. So the way the way I work is, uh, I'm I'm happy to work with uh, with local people that. Uh, you know, here it's not about uh, it's not about the money you have. It's not about rules. It's about uh, human relationships. So if you if you are not good, p 
people here they they won't they will not work with you for for a long time so i'm yeah i'm just happy to do what i what i do uh and to be even with uh, with uh, with some values i mean it's 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 just i i don't cheat with people i try to local people i try to pay them like uh, decently uh when they maintain the trails when uh, i accommodate people there uh it's it, it's just mm-hmm. happy you know what we, we, with what you are uh, the way you you see life uh, just you continue like this it's for me the most important is not about i mean you we all need to live but the most important okay as soon as you have money it's to be okay you can look yourself in a mirror and you know that okay you you work decently you you don't try to cheat with people you don't to finish i would say i'm like a bruce springsteen bruce springsteen he said you know i'm not very secure because i'm insecure because every time i do a concert i do more than three hours because uh, i'm afraid if i do less than three hours that people they would they, they wouldn't get what they paid for so i'm just i'm the same you know i will do always my best because i will be always afraid that you know people uh, they have for for what they have paid for they, they need to have the best so, <laughs> i like that yeah over delivering yeah. and uh and when you're going out for a trail run and ends up being like yeah twice the distance that you thought you were gonna do and you're like it kills you at the end but um but yeah i'm i'm, I'm really looking forward to to tomorrow said we've got another day um and we'll be going up to summit what what have we got in store for tomorrow yeah, tomorrow, so we will go to a summit at uh, 1,700 me- 1, meter high with a, a wonderful view. We have a 360 degrees view. And after, we will, uh, we will um, go to a Hmong uh, village at the foothill of Changdao. We will start to see Changdao and we will go around Changdao. So we will see the, we will be at the foothill of the south face and we will go around to the foothill of the north face and uh, we will cross yeah Hmong village and uh, to uh, Lisu village so it's nice views tomorrow Uh, it's high in the mountains Uh, still a lot of elevation gain because tomorrow we will do almost 800 meter elevation gain in uh, in two kilometer in uh, in the morning and after in the afternoon maybe we have like uh, yes yeah, 700 800 meter in a uh, three four kilometer so it's steep nice. they go straight so you you will see a bit like what we, what we did uh, this uh, we this afternoon this before afternoon, yeah. reaching this village yeah well if the views are anything like they were this afternoon then we're, we're in for a treat um Seb, thank you very much. I've, it's been great chatting with you and it's been amazing coming on this tour across uh, across Chiang Mai with you. And um, yeah, looking forward to um, to tomorrow and I'm, I'm, I hope lots of other people get to come and join you out in this beautiful part of the world. Okay, perfect. Thanks a lot, Scott. Cool. Cheers, uh, Seb. And uh, yeah, have a good night and sleep well and see you tomorrow. <laughs> will do. Cheers. Thank you. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining cause things ain't that bad.
Hello, Mr. Rick Stockfish. Scott, how you doing? I'm very good, mate. I'm very good. Welcome back to Singapore. You've just been on a on a tour to the UK. Yeah, just uh, working through the jet lag now. Um, some good runs down in uh, southwest of England over towards Cornwall. Um, inspired a little bit by some of what um, Jerry was saying in that last interview we did with her uh, about the training she did around there and that Cornish quarter race that she did. Um, but yeah, just a lovely part of the world to run in. Yeah, I saw a couple of your Strava ones uh, uh, along the coastline there. What well, I mean, that's it. Just you, you come come out of Singapore, and it's just such a such a pleasure not to be running in humidity for a change. Um, you just you you know, in good weather there. You're just running around with a big smile on your face, um, and it's uh, it's good training. I mean, those those coastal trails are they're just they're up and down and up and down, and uh, it's a sort of run you just can't really do here in Singapore. Yeah, I'm sure the views were spectacular as well. It's so it was so beautiful down in Cornwall, isn't yeah. it? And the weather was nice. Beautiful the whole time. We got so lucky. Um yeah, I mean there's 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 not many better places to run when the when the weather's nice than there. Yeah, yeah. Very good. So, yeah, well, it was um it's been it's been, actually been a few months now. It's been a couple of months since we went and went running with Seb in the in uh, in Chiang Mai. Yeah, it was fun listening back to it, wasn't it? It was just a reminder of what a good weekend that was. Um yeah, when was that? Sort of end of January. Yeah, um, and uh, and he took us on a real uh, a real journey of discovery through the through the Thai mountains. It was my last training session before I did the the four trails, so I wanted to get some vert in, but not but not I suppose push too hard. And there's just perfect trails out there, aren't there? They're, they're yeah. Decent elevation. He took us uh, the, the, over the two days. We did a total of sixty, sixty-five k, I think it was. Yeah, um, yeah. And it wasn't. We weren't pushing. I mean, that was a funny thing, right? We, I mean, we were there. I was writing a story for a magazine, and um, <clears throat> we had the photographer with us to take photos for that. So there was a lot of stop start and posing for pictures and running back again and trying to make sure you got the right angle and uh all all pretty ridiculous but good fun getting random thai villagers in their traditional outfits to stand in the background to pose in the shot which we were like there's no way they're going to publish that Mm. of course (laughs) they did yeah and uh yeah got followed by a dog for yeah what was that in the end sort of 10 15k and he came with us for most of the on the first day we had uh about around 15 20k into it a dog started following us for for yeah about 13k yeah Yeah. and he was like oh yeah this is my dog it was two of them that followed us for a while and we went through about three different villages and um one of the dogs couldn't handle the other dogs in each village they went one was the and and ended up getting um beaten down and retreating yeah. back to its home but well, that's why that's why in that interview you can just hear the dogs barking because that that one that came with us was trying to make sure the others knew who was boss yeah, yeah. but it it was funny it was uh, i think that that seb really you they all knew him in the villages and he had a he was he he was just really polite with everyone and he talks about how he wants to interact with people locally and uh, and give something back to each community and actually uh, it's not that isn't just him saying that you genuinely feel that he sort of cares around about the local communities and wants to invest back into them from either from like every little village went through he's like yeah let's buy some food from here and yeah. he's buying something from everyone and just making um and giving his contribution back well it's and it's really sort of low impact tourism isn't it i mean he's just you know he's not driving in he's you're literally kind of running or hiking into these villages that that don't see a lot of visitors um and, and he's there fairly frequently i get i get the impression that he's 
he's, he's taking you know more and more guests in to see these places and uh they they seem to really appreciate it and uh, and he's clearly really passionate about it and loves loves these places and i know after we went to bed and we were pretty knackered at the end of the day he then went off to spend a couple of hours kind of hanging out with with the local guys um before we set off the following morning so yeah having a few more beers yeah um yeah i can only imagine what it must have been like that year actually uh, intrepidly going through those uh those thick forests because even us running through it which and he he has people maintain all the trails but you, they were pretty tight single track a lot of it and you did get shredded up imagine what it would have been like when he first sort of started going through them and having with a machete having a yeah uh, yeah yeah i mean you, you suspect that was one of those projects that you know, had he known quite what the undertaking it was before he set off, maybe he wouldn't have done the whole thing. But yeah, and I mean, the difficulties of finding the routes or there not being routes and, and accessing maps and things like that being so difficult. Yeah. And the amount of time and effort that he put in to try and bring together the Ultra Trail Chiang, Chiang Mai. Mai. Yeah. Uh, what ultra Thai Chiang Mai, wasn't ultra it? Ultra yeah. Thai Chiang Mai, yeah. yeah. And he really did invested was it like a year to two years that he invested um trying to get that off the ground yeah and it's a shame in a way because Chiang Mai as we've seen and as we saw when we were there is and, and and I'm sure lots of listeners will know as well has become a bit of a hub for trail running it's such a great spot to do it you know other than the the air pollution they've had recently but it's just yeah. it's surrounded by mountains and trails and there's a real there's a real community that's grown up there um of Thai trail runners uh on that scene but um it's a shame that he, he, he wasn't seen as more of a pioneer in that respect because that race didn't go ahead and, and now there are lots of other races happening in and around Chiang Mai. Yeah, but at the same time, I think that the niche he's carved out is, uh, I would certainly go back, and I think for anyone that's training for Mont Blanc or like UTMB or um, those kind of races in the Alps where it's not steps yeah. i mean it's uh, that's the thing with hong kong is so unique in terms of all of its steps but it's difficult to find places close to hong kong where you can go and fly to and have a long weekend yeah. of of training and get the vert in without having to smash yeah. steps and some yeah some decent tough climbs and then also some really nice runnable long downhill sections yeah we had that on the second day um again those stairs just opening it up through the through the pine forest uh, just a really, really nice spot. And then, as you said, the views over towards Changdao when we finished the run on the second day. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, you know, if it's if it's if it's somewhere you've not run already, it's definitely worth a, a long weekend and um, getting in touch with Seb. Yeah, just to, I mean, you, we did it. There was there was three of us um, along with along with Seb, but yeah, just getting two or three mates together and going on a tour. And and the thing is, no matter what ability you are. He'll be able to, he'll be able to yeah. lead you if yeah. you want to go fast. He will be able to push the pace. Well, I, I had a colleague who went the f- I think the week after us, um, and that was more of a hiking trip than well, it was a hiking trip, not a running trip. And she was broken by the end, I mean, <laughs> in a good way. But I think, you know, I, I think it was kind of at the limit of what she was comfortable doing. Um, and I think he judged it just right. Uh, and I think I think he's he's got experience of doing that. He's had some fairly elite runners, I think, come out. Some French runners he's talked about. Um, We've come and spent time with him, and I'm sure he's I'm sure he's going a lot faster than we were when we were with him. Yeah, um, yeah, but no, it was it was awesome. I look forward to getting out and seeing him again soon, and um, I'm I'm sure we'll like see him on the race scene soon as well. 
Um, talking of racing, there's been a been a busy weekend just gone. Yeah, so uh, hardcore 100 miles in the Philippines. Um, we were just talking about just what a brutal race that looks like. Brutal but in, in the very best kind of way. A um, couple of people we know. Uh, at Nico that we ran with in uh, Kinabalu did it. I think it dropped out. Um, yeah, I think he made it 70 or 80k. Yeah, it's impressive still. But um, And then um, Jag just kind of smashing it and absolutely killed yeah, forget, it. What was, his, what was his finishing time? It's 23 hours yeah. or something, I want to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, phenomenal performance from Jag. And, and, and coincidentally, you know, Filipino, but based in Thailand. Um, so clearly able to get the right kind of training in over in Thailand. Yeah, and uh, Nikki Han as well. She um, she got it to got to the hundred k mark. I think I was reading from her post that she had some had some stomach issues. Um, you've got to believe that she was definitely struggling if she wasn't able to um, to to carry on. Uh, but yeah, phenomenal runner she is. But yeah, it's. Uh, I was actually, yeah, I was chatting to, to someone this week, a guy I raced with this weekend, and uh, Trung, uh, Trung Win, who I met doing uh, Rinjani last year. And we were just talking about the type of races that, that we like to do. And I mean, it's funny that we met on Rinjani. He was doing the 100, I was then doing the 60. But races that, that are just much tougher and the, they have a really high DNF rate. Yeah. Ones that actually, not necessarily that you've, I don't know, that just actually just finishing them is an achievement. Yeah. And uh, and I definitely think Hardcore One Hundred is um, is is up there yeah. as one of those ones. If you if you've got it on your your resume, it's a, that's a marquee uh, marquee race. So tell, tell us a bit about the the race you did with Trung. So that's the, the Adventure Trail Challenge. Yeah, that's the one you and I did that last year. We finished second. So you. you you were in need of an upgrade to improve <laughs> your finish. Team, mate. Well, mate, you were in the UK, so you couldn't yeah. uh, race with me. But um, yeah, it's a it's an adventure race in Singapore. Uh, it's run by uh, students of the uh, of NTU Nanyang, Te- Nanyang Te- uh, Technology University. It's quite a small race. It's been going for seventeen or eighteen years, though. Right. They've had some um, some good people come and race it in the past, and. Uh, yeah, I was um, I was actually originally supposed to be racing um, with uh, um, with a mate of mine, Pierre, and I was uh, I was away at the weekend, so he went and um, he went and picked up the uh, race pack, and then after seeing what the course was going to be like, he was like, "You're going to need to find someone else." He's like, "I think he had raced Xterra recently, and uh, but he's like, the longest I've run is 10k, and like, right. and this was a sort of 30k, 30k of it was running." So um, yeah, called out to uh, uh, a few people to see if um, they're up for it. Trung said, "Yeah, count me in." And and what a phenomenal runner! Like he's uh, really, really strong. He's he's um, lived in Singapore for twenty years, but he's he's like weighs like fifty five, sixty kilos. So he's like light as anything. Just was really, really strong. And I think he he podiumed Vietnam Mountain Marathon earlier in the year. So he's uh, and he, he did quite well on the Nine Dragons 50-50, but I think he uh, he got a bit injured at the end of that, and then he's been he's been a bit injured since then. He's had a bad back, but I tell you what, he uh, he stepped up at the weekend, and uh, and yeah, we our main competition was uh, the they're called uh, Merlines on a, on an adventure. Oh, those guys came back. Yeah, they were back, and he because uh, we, we've been talking actually because he wants to pull a team together for the uh, Malaysia adventure race in. Uh, 
the Adventure Race World Series, which is coming up in, in October. So we've been chatting, and he's like, yeah, I'm racing with a mate. So, um, so yeah, we, uh, we both got off in the same... St- we were in the first... Because it goes off in waves every, every 15 minutes, I think it was. And, uh, and so you have to plug in to, to, uh, yeah, your checkpoint card to go through. So we started anyway, and, uh, and then all of a sudden they like ran up behind us, and they were like pushing mm. us at the beginning it was like okay let's uh, let's see how they go and um and yeah we uh then we we just stayed at similar pace sort of thing and then they they started to drop off but a similar place was running like five minute k's for uh, like and sub five minute k's for a majority of the 30 kilometers so yeah a bit of mountain biking there it's good fun it's yeah. exactly my, my sort of race good stuff yeah no. um and yeah, and we've uh, one that I've been keeping an eye on this week as well is Dragon's Back, which is uh, uh, we've there's a few people from Asia that are out there running. Yeah, so we've got um, Abby from Singapore. Who hopefully, we'll get on the pod sometime soon. So yeah. he seems to be uh, he seems to be doing pretty well. He's going very strong. I think uh, just looking, he was uh, he's sort of in around 40th position or something, 48th after the first two days. Uh, but he's uh, he's in I think 14th position or something today. But yeah, looking looking he he will beast that race. I think um, yeah. yeah yeah. You got Abby. You've got uh, JP from from the Philippines, race director of Cordillera Ultra, which we did a couple of years back together. Yeah, he's um, a top again, player. hopefully a future podcast guest. Um, he's been putting together some solid training weeks and uh, and is actually organising a what looks like a really fun uh, training camp of his own over in the Philippines. Just I think got enough people on Strava who saw saw his own training week and said I want a piece of that and he's so he's put something together but he he looks like he's going strong as well yeah and uh, and lastly a, a good mate of mine Mod Diamond O'Shea he's from Hong Kong he supported me on the four trails and I've raced with him doing trail walker a few times he's actually training for a ridiculous race I don't know if you've heard of the um the uh Basically, it goes across the Himalaya. Right. It's, it's uh, uh, I wish I knew more a little bit, little bit more about it, but it, essentially, you go through. It's about thirty days or something, and you're going. It's trans. I think it's trans Himalaya yeah, actually, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, it's like a ridiculous race. But for him, this is a bit so of five, a, five days in the Welsh mountains is going to be a bit of a warm up. <laughs> Absolutely, I think it's a good. It's definitely a good training leading up to it. Um. But uh, but yeah, no, it's a, it's been a it's, it's busy season and um, and yeah, I've uh, I've got a, a spot in TMBT. I'm going to be uh, covering uh, the most beautiful thing. The uh, hundred. I'm racing the hundred k, but I'm going to be uh, going to be covering that for the Endurance Asia podcast. Um, we're going to be meeting with some of the uh, competitors and the uh, and the race director, and there's an amazing team that um, that run that race. Actually, and beautiful location. We were there last year. Beautiful location. Yeah, I'm quite keen. I'm looking forward to doing the 100k. I'm looking forward to doing the the, the full route. Um, it's not the elevation's not crazy. It's only about four thousand or yeah. something. I think just over four thousand. Um, but I'm going to give that a good nudge. I think there's going to be a. I think that'll be a pretty uh, the. the thing is it's the same weekend as utmb uh and oh, that's so, right so they can't get all the elites they might have wanted otherwise yeah um and we're yeah we're trying we're trying to uh, we we're just talking to the race director and they're trying to get some um some of the the top athletes to come along but yeah it is quite com- competitive with utmb running but at least with utmb running us uh, us sort of normal middle of the packers can at least <laughs> <Might have a chance. laughs> at least finish in the top 10 percent potentially 
Um, so yeah, I'm looking looking forward to that one. Have you got anything in the diary? No, we need to start planning something. I, uh, it's been it's been holiday and back to work, and uh, now we need to get something something f- firm and fixed up. Yeah, until you get something in the diary, it's uh, yeah it's hard to focus, isn't it? Yeah, it's, well, it's hard to get training properly. Um, but yeah, we've got some uh, we've got some exciting people coming up on the pod as well. I'm um, looking forward to sharing uh, sharing Maggie's uh, s- story, a Spartan athlete. Um, we've got Thaddeus coming up soon as well, and there's a Tomo uh, in town in Singapore for people who are interested. yeah yeah talk at uh, Red Dot Running yeah towards the end of the month I think yeah the end of uh, end of May uh, um, yeah Tom O'Hara is going to be back in is coming down to Singapore so if you um, fancy coming in uh, and hearing his story live when when we recorded it was just before Barclay Marathon so it was uh, it will be I'm looking forward to hearing um, hearing his chat about the fun run and hearing how he uh, how he got on there um, yeah, it's nice, and he, you know, it's nice seeing already just the, the links between these different stories that we're telling on the podcast with with Tono coming down here, participating in the four trails with you. He's now he's speaking at Jerry's store. Jerry went out in one of the early expeditions with Seb up in Thailand, and uh, it's all kind of everyone's everyone's kind of knows one another, or or knows over one another at least. And um, I think I think it just means there's, there's a lot of kind of love and support out there, which is really nice to see. Yeah, it's a really interlinked, supportive community, isn't it? Um, but yeah, looking forward to seeing uh, seeing Tomo in town. And yeah, there's quite a few that we've been suggested some uh, amazing people to get on the podcast as well. So um, yeah, lots to share over the uh, over the coming months. Good uh, stuff. Yeah, nice one, Rick. I will um, speak to you soon, sir. Thanks, everybody. Cheers, Scott. The Endurance Asia Podcast. Take your red up because things ain't that bad. Maybe you should switch the target that you're aiming at. Believe perfection is a beast that they'll never catch. So never waste another day because life moves so fast. And a dream without pursuing, yo, they never last. Another shadow of regret I try to never cast. And always tell a truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad.